welcome to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast, where we talk about topics and resources that help you lead more to reach more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. My name is Tom Bump, and I'm your host. Hey, thanks for joining me, my friends. I'm looking forward to another great conversation today. We're going to be talking about the power of discipleship and what it means to engage families in that. Now, I know we've kind of talked about this before, but listen, a lot of leaders are still struggling with this idea. And so we want to dive in a little bit deeper, and we've got some exciting news to share with you about some new resources that are coming your way that will help you do this. But before we do that, let me say a huge shout out and a thank you to our sponsor for this week's episode. Our sponsors really do help keep the Kid Ministry Collective podcast moving forward, and we love them. And today's episode sponsor is the Sundayschool.store. Um, this ministry is one that serves so many churches around the world by providing biblical and relevant curriculums and resources, standalone lessons, and so much more. And so if you haven't checked them out, would you do it? Um, go over there, check out sundayschool.store. It's all you get to type into your browser and take a look at that. And then, hey, let them know that you've heard about them through the Kid Ministry Collective. They love to know that their support is being uh, effective as well. So again, thank you to the sundayschool.store for your support of the Kid Ministry Collective podcast. Now, my guest today has become a good friend, and I really appreciate his passion and excitement for children's ministry. And he loves helping churches increase their influence uh, when it comes to the area of discipleship um, and families. And I, like I said earlier, I know a lot of leaders who are struggling right now with it re-engaging the home and uh, just trying to get families together and discipling their children and what that looks like for the overwhelmed parent, especially today. So we're going to get into so much. Uh, I, I just can't, I can't wait to get started. So if I, I'm not going to talk much more, I'm just going to dive right in. Um, my guest today is Hunter Williams, and he works with Awana in Tennessee. I'm not going to tell much more than that. I'll let him introduce himself. So Hunter, welcome to the KMC podcast, man. Yeah, glad to be here. Thanks for having me on. So tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do, because I didn't do a great introduction. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're perfect. You're perfect. But yeah, no, the, the the big things you need to know about me is I have a beautiful wife named Sammy. We've been married five years and I love uh, living life with her, doing ministry with her. Uh, she has the same passion I do for kids ministry. Uh, we have three kids, all uh, four years old and under. So you can Ooh. imagine uh, <laughs> what our house is like. But uh, but so it's Margot, Clark, and Opal, and we we just love them. And you know, I mentioned my family because we're talking about family discipleship, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, um, I'm not just reading about family discipleship. I'm not just you know researching it. I'm living it and learning it every day. <laughs> and a lot of times I learn through my mistakes, but I'm I'm living and learning it right now. And uh, just happy to to have the ministry we do. You know, uh, like you said, I work as a missionary with Awana. Uh, specifically in Tennessee, but uh, I love helping churches wherever they're at because you know people will ask me what is it what does it look like to be an Awana missionary? 
because uh, people they know Awana vaguely is this this global ministry that reaches millions of kids around the world, but what does it mean to be a missionary in Tennessee? And typically, I'll tell people the the way I define my role or how I summarize it is I'm a child discipleship advocate. Like you know, that. yeah, and it doesn't roll off the tongue, but I, that to me that helps summarize what I do because my goal in every interaction I have, whether I'm consulting with a church or coaching a leader or connecting with pastors, uh, everything I do, I want to elevate the view of children and the quality of discipleship they receive both in the church and in the home, which is why I'm so excited for what we're going to be talking about today. Cool. Well, let's dive in. Um, we always start the, the KMC off with a why question. And so I'm just curious to, to know from you, why do you feel like discipleship matters? What What's so important about it? Um, why are you so passionate about it? Yeah, and that's the I think that's the perfect question to start this off with because it's going to set the tone for everything we talk about. And my uh, initial response might sound odd <laughs> at first, but just kind of track with me. So the reason I would say that discipleship matters is because it's always happening. Um, mm -hmm. There isn't a second that goes by when discipleship isn't happening. And, you know, there's not a single person listening to this podcast right now that isn't in the process of making disciples or being made or uh, being discipled themselves. Right. Uh, because simply put, you know, there's a lot of definitions we give a discipleship, but discipleship is what is developing us or directing us. So whatever develops you as a person or whatever directs the course of your life, that's what's mm -hmm. discipling you. So, you know, I think about the Great Commission because Jesus commanded it, right? Go right. and make disciples. Now, what's interesting about that command, go make disciples, Jesus, in one sense, wasn't creating anything new. Discipleship's always happened. We've always had things that shape us. But what made the Great Commission unique or what I would say what made the Great Commission great it wasn't the, the act of discipleship itself, but the object and direction of that discipleship that he's calling us to. Because yeah. he's, he's calling us with our entire lives to shape and form who we are around him and to direct the course of our lives in the way and truth and life that he is. And so, mm -hmm. you know, when I say why discipleship matters, it's because it's always happening. You know, the question isn't, are we making disciples? The question is, what kind of disciples are we making? Yes. And I think that's a great question uh, for your listeners to ponder, whether they're mm -hmm. pastors or parents, is yes. whose who's image are we developing and, and forming our kids in? And, and what direction are we leading them in? Because yeah. Romans 12, too, it, it gives, there's an either or. There's no in between. Romans, I think it's 12, 1 and 2, it talks about how don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, right. but be transformed in the renewing of your mind in Christ. And so those are the two directions. In the way we live our lives, we're either forming people in the way of the world or we're forming them in the way of Jesus. Right. And that's right. why we have to ask that is what type of disciple are we making? That's why this matters. Nothing mm -hmm. is neutral and we're always discipling and being discipled in some form or fashion. Yeah. So if you could boil down the definition of disciple making um, and what family discipleship looks like, how would how would you do that? Yeah. And I, I like how you phrase that because it gets us a little more specific. So, you know, I said that discipleship 
in general. It's what directs us and develops us. And so as we think about the household and the family, you know, if you've got parents or grandparents or guardians, whatever the, the home might look like, they're called to discipleship. And so kind of the definition I've come up with because of this idea that nothing is neutral and that mm -hmm. everything can be used for discipleship, kind of the definition I've been using recently when it comes to family discipleship is it's a family using its actions, budget, and calendar to point to Jesus and follow him. Ooh, that's good. Say that yeah. one more time. I like that. I like that. Yeah, yeah so, so family discipleship, it's a family using its actions, budget, and calendar to point to Jesus and follow him. Mm. So let's break that down then practically. What's that look like? Um, maybe even in your own life uh, with four, with the little ones that you have running around the house. How does that, how does that play out for you? Yeah. And, you know, so when we think about this practically, think about the definition itself. Um, I, if you notice the actions, budget, and calendar, that's ABC. So I mm -hmm. use this as like the it. ABCs of family discipleship. Because what I'm trying to show in this definition is that there's nothing neutral in life. The words you speak, the money you spend, the plans you make, none of it's neutral. They can all be tools used to shape your family in the likeness of Jesus. Um, there's one book, I think, it's, I think it's called Family Discipleship by Matt Chandler. He talks about this idea of leveraging the ordinary, where you're taking the ordinary moments and rhythms of life and using them to direct your family to Jesus. And I really like this idea because anyone can do it. I think sometimes people are afraid of this idea of family discipleship because they think, I don't know enough. I'm not skilled enough. I don't have the right tools. But one thing I want to encourage your listeners with is that um, God has provided you with everything you need to disciple your family. You take everything in your life and use it as a means to point to Jesus, to show that He is the joy, purpose, and satisfaction of your life. Because what we point to is what we follow. And so mm -hmm. taking, taking this idea of actions, budget, and calendar, we can get incredibly practical. And so I'll just give you a few examples in each. So think about actions. And our actions reveal our identity, right? right. What we do follows out of who we are. And so this could be things you do, the words you speak, all these things. So here's some simple examples. Think of uh, car rides and dinner tables. So car rides, we're, there's always going to be a time where the family's in the car going somewhere, whether it's a scramble to church, whether it's a trying to get them off to school, whatever it is, um, you're going to be in the car. And I think sometimes we can miss those beautiful opportunities in a car ride. Because sometimes we'll just spend it on our phones. Um, we'll spend it just mindlessly listening to music or whatever. But car rides can be perfect for conversations. Um, you know, there's so many things you can do in a car ride to point to Jesus. Uh, if you're wanting to listen to music, listen to Christian music. If you're wanting to have conversation, try and steer it to Jesus. Um, there's so many resources. That, you know, one thing we've used in the past is uh, gospel conversation cards. It just gives you questions to tee up conversations in the car. Huh. Um, or, you know, one thing that we found has been the easiest is just going over memory verses in the car and yeah. then asking how they apply to your life. So car rides are so easy. Um, yes. And then dinner tables is kind of that same thing. You know, uh, I know in the busyness of the modern world now, 
sitting around a dinner table uh, isn't as normal because we're always on the go getting to practice and things. But, you know, I would say if you have times where you're all around a dinner table, that's a precious moment. Um, mm -hmm. There's been a lot of research done that shows the power of dinner tables uh, and yeah. just having good conversations at them. So I'll give you a sneak peek into what our family does. When we do have times where we have dinner, we play a game called favorite, not favorite. <laughs> and our, our, that's what my daughter named it. So basically <laughs> we'll go around the table and share our favorite thing of the day. And then we'll go around the table and share our not favorite thing of the day. Okay. And, and here's what we do with those. With our favorites, we turn them into praises. So we actually pray at the end of our meal, uh, which is kind of weird to folks, but we, we pray at the end of our meal because what we do is we take our favorites and turn them into praises. Oh God, thank you that we got to go outside and ride our bikes today. That was a gift from you. Or we take our not favorite things like falling and scraping our knee or not getting enough sleep or frustration at work. And we turn those into prayer requests. Mm -hmm. And it what that does is it's showing our kids every avenue of life can be brought before the feet of Jesus. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, simple things like that, car rides, dinner tables, um, and then that was action. So think of budget, you know, budget shows what we value, what right. we spend our money on or what we save our money for that's showing what's valuable in our lives. So, sure. um, something really simple you could do here, just think of extra and excellence. So think of the extra money you get. Uh, maybe you get to the end of the month and you, you have maybe an extra 50 bucks. That's just whatever cash. Well, instead of maybe just blowing that on something or putting it instantly away, maybe you can stop with your family together and say, hey, we have an extra $50. What could, what, what could we maybe do with that? Is there a mission at our church we could give it to? Do we have a neighbor in need that maybe could use that? And that invites your family in this process of generosity. Mm, um, and then excellence, you know, this one, <laughs> this one's kind of funny to talk about. I was talking talk about this the other day with somebody is how when it comes to things like our phones or TV or cars, we want the best, right? If we're able to afford it, we will lay down some good money for that stuff. <laughs> but when it comes to spiritual things, I feel like sometimes we can go on the cheap end, you know? Yeah, right. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with like dollar Bibles or anything, but what I'm <laughs> saying is that shows what's valuable to us. You know, exactly. if yes. our kids will notice, oh, you know, dad's willing to drop all this cash on a TV, but then he doesn't want to spend any money on, you know, a good Bible or Christian <laughs> books or whatever. And again, I'm not judging what I'm saying is that does speak volumes in a lot of ways. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It does. And so it does. And then, and then calendar, um, your calendar shows your priority, you know, what you prioritize, mm. the plans right. you make, the way you spend your time. And so um, with this one, I would just say, make the most of both the ordinary and extraordinary moments of your life. So ordinary moments can be meals like we've talked about. So for example, um, my schedule kind of changes a lot because of how I travel as a missionary. And really the only time we found where we're all together consistently throughout the week is breakfast. And so what we decided to do was make breakfast our devotion time. And, um, and it's really simple. It's not like this crazy thing, you know, <laughs> while I'm like making their waffles or something, I'll go over their memory verse. And then when we're all sitting together while their faces are full and they're, they're kind of in the zone, <laughs> I'll read like a Bible story and then we'll pray. It's really simple, but what it's doing is it's showing them it's priority because it's how we're starting yes. our day. Yes. Um, yep. And then extraordinary moments, think of like holidays and how you could leverage holidays to be just very impactful things 
with your kids, mm -hmm. especially things like Christmas and Thanksgiving. There's so many ways you could turn Thanksgiving to Jesus. So many ways, obviously, you could turn Christmas to Christ. Um, but getting creative in those moments and pointing them to Him. So I know that was a lot, but I wanted to give just some really practical handles mm. for people on how you can use everyday moments of life to point to Jesus and follow Him. Yeah. And these are things that, as as ministry leaders, um, that we can help parents see. Because I think a lot of what happened in the pandemic um, is, is we did see families struggling. Um, the church threw a lot of stuff at them. I, I've said this before on the podcast. People have heard me say it. Um, so they'll they'll think I'm a broken record on it. And I'm not trying to be overly critical of, of ministry leaders, but we did react in 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 such a way where our, our reaction was okay, let's take everything we do on Sunday and ship it home, you know, because we can't come to church right now but we didn't take time to really help parents understand how to use any of the stuff. Mm. We just assumed they'd figure it out. And, and on top of that, they're already trying to figure out how to homeschool and how to work at home and all these kind of things. And there's still families that are struggling with all of that. There's still families that are trying to dig out from all of that. And when they hear parents, disciple your children, parents, disciple your children, some leaders start getting critical of, of parents because they don't feel like that's happening and I understand why um, some of it's not happening. I understand why some of the engagement dropped during those seasons because we didn't help parents see, hey, you know what? Let's leverage the, the simple things. Let's leverage this. You don't have to make it look like Sunday at church. Make it look like every day at home. And that's what I love what you just talked about is that you're, you're taking the everyday events and, and you're leveraging that time when you found it's a natural family rhythm right there. You know, for other families, it might be dinner time that they can do it. Um, sometimes it might be just before bed. Um, every family is going to find a rhythm, right? But, mm -hmm. and that's the key is, is helping as leaders, we need to show parents the variety that's there and, and the options that are there. Because I think a lot of leaders, like I say, have a have almost a cynical view and I see it showing up on the forums a lot where they've kind of taken this critical view of parents that they're not discipling their children enough because they're not engaging with the stuff we send home. But I don't know if anybody's really measured any of this kind of stuff. And, and so I'm, I'm wondering why do you think that is, or, or, or do you know, has Awana even done any research about parent engagement and discipleship? And what have you learned during this season? It's a little off script, I know, but um, I'm, I'm going to throw you a little curveball. So we'll keep you on your toes this afternoon. Uh, <laughs> but what are your thoughts on yeah. that? No, that's good. And um, I think you, you hinted at something. You talked about how we send them home with stuff, but we didn't tell them how to use it. And I actually think a lot of the struggle comes in the vagueness of how we present it. Mm -hmm. So, for example, we can provide resources all day. Parent sheets, videos, Bible storybooks. I mean, we've got resources out the wazoo. But without <laughs> a vision and a clear instruction, it can yeah. just lead to frustration. Yes. You know, kind of the way I, I think of it is if you give a vague vision for something, that's like being given a thousand piece puzzle without the box or the picture. Yes. You know, yes. it's supposed to make something, yeah. but you're it's not sure do what. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. 
Or, you know, if you give unclear instruction, that's kind of like ordering something online. And when it comes to your house, it has no instruction on how to build it or the instructions are in a foreign language, you know? Um, and so we've got to give both. We've got to give a clear vision yes. and then practical, clear instruction on how to make that vision come to fruition in the family. And so that's why, you know, I really try to take time to build definitions and then give those really tangible things because a lot of times people think in pictures. And so mm -hmm. you're trying to paint those pictures for people of, hey, this is how you could use this resource or here's how you could use it. Because um, yeah. we want to set up our families for success. And if that means putting in a little more time to clarify our vision or to give more illustrations or instructions, um, then we need to do that. And so, yeah, I think uh, part of your question answered that is, I think there's some vagueness in the resources we mm -hmm. provide and so we need to give clarity in the vision and instruction of it. Yeah. So as you've been watching families and learning from them, um, obviously, uh, you know, Awana has invested a lot of time into creating the, the child discipleship forum um, where you guys are talking about this whole idea of discipleship at home. And uh, I'm, I'm curious, what have you been learning through all of those conversations and and what are you hoping to be some of the outcomes from that that will ripple into the churches? Yeah, and there's a million ways I can answer that question because <laughs> the forum, if if you if people haven't been to that or seen it, uh, you need to check it out. I may share more about it at the end when we go over some resources. Yeah. But yep. last year I went as just an attendee. I mean, I'm on staff with Awana, but I went because I just wanted to experience it. And I took so many notes and walked away from great things. And, um, you know, there's so many ways I could answer this, but one thing that instantly came to mind with some conversations I had at that forum was that cultivating relationships trumps cultural relevance. Ooh, Let me good. say that again, because yes, it, it is stuck with me. <laughs> cultivating relationships uh -huh. trumps cultural relevance. And I word it this way because I think sometimes in kids ministry, we can be so wrapped up in having the latest thing mm -hmm. or, you know, the latest curriculum or tech that's come out. And those things are great. Or, you know, trying to build curriculum around a, a cultural thing that's come out, like a movie or idea. Yep. And those things are fine. But the problem is those things fade after a couple of months. Yes. They're not lasting. But you know what yes. does last? Relationships. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll give you a perfect example. So not long ago, I took my daughter, Margo, who's four, uh, as you know, as we were driving home from church, I said, Margo, what's your favorite thing about our church? And yeah, I thought she was going to say something like, you know, the crafts we do or the songs we sing or the snacks, all that stuff. But you know, what her answer was, she said, my favorite thing about church is Miss Ashley. Ooh. And that's her teacher. Uh -huh. And I almost teared up because I was like, that is so beautiful. She could have said all these other things, but she said, Miss Ashley. And my daughter's response actually shows uh, what we've been seeing at Awana. So Awana right now, we have partnered with Barna to do one of the biggest children's ministry research projects um, mm. ever. I don't know if it's the biggest, but it's one of the biggest. It's It's uh -huh. been a, a work in progress and we're about to release it soon. Um, we're definitely going to share the findings at the forum. But one thing I can tell you early on we've seen in this research is we've looked at different categories of church life and spiritual resilience in children. And one of the common denominators in all the categories had to do with a child's relationship with adults in the church. Um, 
we found that the more loving, caring, godly adults they were connected to, the more vibrancy they had in their faith Mm. and spirituality. Uh And that's so telling because think of all the effort we can put into our ministries around uh, experiences or uh, so many other things. But if relationships is one of the keys, then what are we doing in our ministries to elevate relationships? Right. What things might we need to let go so there's more space in the margins for what matters? And um, so, yeah, that's something that's really been hitting me at the forum is, man, this the power of relationship, which makes sense. When you look at yes. the ministry of Jesus, his <laughs> ministry was relationships. He right. took 12 disciples and they changed the world because of how he invested in them yes. and the power he gave them. Yes. And so... Um, yeah, so cultivating relationships trumps cultural relevance. Absolutely. And so honestly, that's where, you know, I mean, I, I call what you were describing, you know, kid ministry by conference book or podcast. Um, and it's it's one of the big mistakes. A lot of you lead, young, especially younger leaders first start, you know, uh, and, and the only reason why I say it that way is it's not to slam new leaders. It's this is this was this was me uh, yeah. many years ago. I'd go to a conference and I'd get an idea and I'd come home and I would plug it in, regardless of culture, context, anything. I'm just like, hey, if they told me it works, I'm plugging. I'm not questioning. I'm just doing it, mm-hmm. you know. Or I read something in a book and I'd get all py- fired up and inspired, and I would just go and. And of course, podcasts weren't really around back then, but they are now. And sometimes people, they get, they, they follow somebody on, on a podcast and they think, oh, I, you know, or I'll buy this course and this course will fix all my problems. Um, and, and I have to laugh as a, as a more seasoned leader, um, not older, but seasoned, um, <laughs> is that, that we can't minister, we can't lead that way. Um, it doesn't help anybody because those things fade. And then the next conference comes, the next book comes, the next course comes. And, and we, it, it just, you lose the relationship when you do that because people just, it becomes a program driven instead of, of, of relationship. And I think if parents are going to win at home, that's also what they need to be clued in on. It's yeah. not about the take-home sheet or the download or whatever. It's about the relationship they're building with their child. And helping them fall in love with Jesus in a way that changes them forever um, and falls in love, fall in love with his word. And so, Hunter, what, what do you think the church can do to help parents win at home on a regular basis? What should we be thinking about right now um, to help parents win? Yeah, I'll kind of echo back something I said earlier about, you know, vague vision. So if vague vision leads to frustration, then that means we need to find ways to one, clarify our vision, but also always get in front of our our families. So, Mm -hmm. you know, just some practical tips I would give is if you're able, I would make a, a good solid video where you lay out a vision and foundation for what you mean when you're telling your families to make disciples of their children. I like and that. And that way, anytime you get a new family that comes, you say, hey, this is what we're about. And you can send it to them. And then maybe throughout the year, periodically do an in-person training that gets practical on that vision. You know, so, hey, mm-hmm. we got this new resource. We're going to give you some really good tips and ideas on how you can use this resource throughout your week. 
because um, if you have a strong vision and clear instruction like that, you are setting up your families to win. Yes. Um, now, one thing I will say about resources, I would look at more quality than quantity because mm-hmm. um, yes, <laughs> I think I think we can overwhelm families if we're just like, here's this book and this thing and this thing. And oh yeah. And, Oh, yeah. So I say, I say we need to reduce the overwhelm. I think I heard someone say that once and I like it. Yep. Reduce the overwhelm. <laughs> and sometimes less can be more if we spend a lot of effort and time finding a really solid resource yes. and then training well in that. Yes. And um, so, yeah, I would say resource quality over quantity. And then mm. I, something really practical is just make it a part of the everyday language of your ministry. Yes. I, I think sometimes uh, we can make that a side note of, oh yeah, you know, parents need to be the disciple makers at their home. But then in reality, most of our time is actually spent on the Sunday morning experience. Yes, Um, very true. And so if we are saying that uh, parents discipling is important, uh, then we need to show that. You know, we we can say things with our mouths, but we actually show what's priority uh, through our calendars and our budgets and our actions, like I said earlier. And so, you know, show the budget for it, that it's important that you equip families. Show the time in training them that it's important. Yeah. Uh, show it in your actions and the words you speak. Um, so that may take some time for leaders, too, to sit down yeah. and evaluate, okay, here's what we say, yeah. but what's reality? And uh, I think that could be a big help. And having that conversation as a church staff of how are we discipling the parents of these children? Because mm. I've said this before too on the podcast, and we've talked about these kind of things, is the fact that oftentimes we're asking parents to do something that they have never experienced themselves. Mm. You know, a lot of parents in today's church world uh, that are sitting in our in our in our seats have never been personally discipled. Um you know, I've talked to a number of parents. The reason why I know this is because I've asked, I've asked. Um who, how many of you have been personally discipled? How many of you had somebody walk with you and talk to you about handling God's word and, and how to process it to how to pray, how to do, I mean, just the basics, how to share their own faith and put the gospel into words. Um, and even put it into a word, the way so that your child could understand it. Um, I found that a lot of parents, the reason why discipleship intimidates them and why they get this knot in their stomach is because nobody's discipled them. Nobody's shown them. And and so then when we throw stuff at them, they're like, but I don't really know how to use this because I've never experienced this for myself. And so I feel like there needs to be some of that conversation happening on the staff level of, of, are we doing a good job? You know, we assume that parents will jump into a small group or a Sunday school class or whatever and get discipled there. But again, what we've talked about, relationship is key. Um, All of us, whether you're a kid or an adult or a teenager, need someone to walk with, need that relationship um, and and to do life with. Um, And so I I think that's I think what you've just mentioned about the idea of having a clear vision about creating a simple little video and explaining what we do, but then even showing parents this is how you can do it. I, I was coaching a, a leader one time and we were working on this kind of thing of how do we create a discipleship plan? And I said, you know what I want you to do? I want you, if you're, if you're going to spend a month theming and talking to parents 
um, what her plan was, was to, to every week send a, a five minute video explaining what they do on Sunday morning, but then also how to do this at home in a, in a practical way. And I said, what I want you to do is I want you to film you with your family doing it. Don't edit it. Let it be raw and real. <laughs> and so she did, she had, she had two kids at home. And, and so she would, I, I don't remember what the resource was. She wanted parents to use, but she was trying to use it with her children and her kids were bouncing on the couch and they were, they were a little distracted here and there, but it was real. And it was, I mean, it was funny. Um, it, it was, you know, it, and she's like, gosh, I don't know if I want to show this to anybody. I said, no, you, that's exactly what you want to show because that's yeah. real. And every parent's going to experience, they're not always going to have their kids sitting there with their Bibles open, listening, you know, teach us rabbi. Yeah. <laughs> that's not real. Um, you know, and I'm sure the moments around your table are probably comical at times with young kids that, you know, a Cheerio may go up the nose or somebody's going to burp or some, you know, that stuff happens, you know? Um, and, and I think parents need to know it's okay. It's okay. Um, you know, you're leveraging the rhythms. You're, you know, if you don't finish it all around the table, you might talk about it when you're driving down the road, um, heading for school in the drop-off line. Um, and I think parents need to know that's okay and, and that they can do that kind of thing. And I think it's up to us as leaders to show them that. So I loved your practicalness uh, that you just shared, creating those simple little videos. They don't have to be long, but just show parents, this is why we're doing what we're doing. This is how you can do it. This is how you can win. It doesn't have to be perfect, um, but uh, something is better than nothing, right? Um, and I think we can help parents with that instead of just throwing stuff at them um, and then letting them struggle even more or feel like they failed um, because they haven't done um, what we've done at them. So now I understand Awana's got some new things coming that are going to help parents with this kind of idea. And I know you're really excited about sharing about some of that. So can we get a little insight? Are we, are we going to get some, some cutting edge new insights or what, what, what do you, what can you tell us? <laughs> yeah, I, I will say you, you're getting kind of a, a sneak peek into the details of it. Um, Cause you can get a, a little snapshot on the website of it, but I can share a little bit more. So uh, in a couple of weeks, uh, well, I, uh, whenever this airs, uh, I'll just say this, this is launching March 31st. <laughs> and so go. on March 31st, um, talk about is going to be released. That's the name of Awana's new at home discipleship resource talk about. Ooh. And I've initially got questions. Where did that name come from? And <laughs> so it's actually very intentional. Uh, Deuteronomy six is a primary passage that talks about family discipleship. Mm -hmm. And in that passage, uh, you know, between Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 7, uh, he, it talks about how uh, we're to love God with everything we have, and then we're to diligently teach our kids about loving right. God. Yep. And the way it describes to teach kids, it's very interesting. It doesn't say to preach a sermon. It doesn't <laughs> say to give a three-point lecture. It says, as you go along the road, as you rise, as you lie down, mm -hmm talk about these things yes so we wanted to take this heart idea from deuteronomy 6 of talk about wherever you are uh, it doesn't matter if you're picking your kids up from school it doesn't matter if you're getting them down for bed it doesn't matter if you're uh, at a hot mess at the dinner table whatever <laughs> it is you are talking to your kids about jesus about discipleship yeah. about prayer and so 
So that's the idea, but also not just from the language of Deuteronomy 6. One thing that's been interesting about the research behind uh, some of this project is uh, we were reading some some works by Christian Smith. He's a sociologist that's done a lot of work on uh, passing down your faith, uh, religion, spirituality. And he recently, at the end of last year, came out with a book called Handing Down the Faith. And mm. it's a very interesting read. It's research heavy. Uh, but one thing he's doing in this book is he's looking at all religions. He's looking at uh, Judaism, uh, ca uh, Catholicism, Christianity, all these different things. And he's asking the simple question, what do each of these families do to pass down their faith? Mm. And there was actually something in common that was leading to faith being passed down in all of them. And it was casual conversations. That was the number one thing wow. that led to faith being passed down. And they had multiple categories. They had like church services, uh, Christian camps, all this stuff. The number one thing that led to a parent's faith being passed down to a child, it, I, I love the language, casual conversations, which means yeah. it just comes up. It's just right. natural. Yes. Because here's what happens in casual conversation. You will communicate in casual conversation what you cherish. That's why yes. in casual conversation, you'll bring up sports. Why? Because you <laughs> like sports. Yes. Um, or you'll bring up this movie you watched because you enjoy it. Uh -huh. What would happen if a parent just talked about Jesus? Right. It would communicate to that child, this matters. It's not just a side item. Right. Or an we accessory. do on the weekends. Yeah. It's not just an, a weekend accessory. This is about our lives. And so talk about the, the language is very intentional. And so... Kind of the, the tagline for this resource is that we want to provide doable discipleship that's digitally delivered. And mm. I like that phrase, doable discipleship, <laughs> because again, discipleship sounds scary yes. to many parents, but yes. it is doable and we want to help that be a reality. And so, um, so talk about it's subscription-based. And so think of kind of like a Netflix subscription. You pay like $5.99 a month, which is the price we're talking about. You pay $5.99 a month. And every week we will send you resources and um, you can access those resources in a couple of ways. One is a weekly email. You'll get it on Thursdays. That way you've got plenty of time to kind of look over it and stuff before the following week, or you can get it through the talk about website with your login. And so uh, two ways to get it. And what's nice about being digital is you can either work through it on your phone or you could print it off and use it um, as a family. Cool. And so, um, so people have asked me, because I've been really promoting this, because I'm excited <laughs> as a parent to have it. Like, I've been yeah. itching for this thing to come out. Yeah. Um, people will ask me, so what's what's going to be in Talk About? You know, you talk about doable discipleship. Well, what's what's that look like? So here's a, here's a few of the things in Talk About. There's going to be a parent video, and I think this is so cool. Instead of the video content being for kids, the video content is for the parent, and it's there to teach go. them how to use the resource and to give them tips each week. Love and I it. think that's brilliant because yes. if we're trying to impair, uh, empower the parent, yes. then we need to have resources geared to them. Yes. Um, Amen. Right so on. So I was ex I was excited <laughs> for that. Right on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, the, the core piece of the Talk About resource is the section called Talk Together. And it's where we give the, the Bible content and then ways to talk about it with your family. And so one thing about talk about to take note of is um, it goes by series and usually the series will last three to six weeks. So I know there's going to be a series on the Bible, like what is the Bible? 
And that's a great thing to talk about. You know, what mm -hmm. is this, this book that we claim is the source of truth? Um, or we, we have a series on the gospel. What is the gospel? Sometimes it might be on a book of the Bible, you know, maybe like a, a six-week series in Philippians. So mm -hmm. we do different series. Sometimes we'll do it on worry or different things like that. And so the resource, the talk together part, it helps you talk through that aspect of that topic. Um, now, here's what's interesting about talk about is um, now it's family discipleship and families are different. You might have a family who has a five-year-old and a 15-year-old. And we wanted to make sure the resource was for the whole family. So the way we did that was we have a section called More to Explore. And so maybe you've got that 15-year-old you're wanting to engage deeper in the conversation. Mm -hmm. It provides a little more deeper questions for them so that they can stay engaged or gives them different activities or different things to think through than uh, the younger child. Um, now, probably my favorite thing that Talk About provides, and I was so pumped when I saw this in the beta testing, was there's this thing called the the through the week sheet and it's something you could print off put on your fridge and it basically gives you like seven to eight ideas of things you could do throughout the week you could do all eight you could do one you could do two and it just gives you different things to try that go around the topic for the week so there's something like create it and it gives you something to create or some or uh, like sing it and it, we give a, a spotify playlist to go with it or pray it and we give you prayers to think through and i i think that is brilliant because it. It, it it's very flexible mm -hmm. that way if there's things that doesn't really speak to your family you can avoid those and just spend a lot of time on the things that you like yeah and uh, so the through the week sheet is awesome that's going to be the thing i know my family's going to like and then um and then there's like coloring pages for the younger kids that go around it too so very so, cool. and I think, you know, I, I was surprised when they said the price was $5.99 a month. It's a <laughs> lot of content for $5.99 a month. Yeah, and, sounds like it. Yeah. And so just providing good stuff for families and uh, really excited for it to be released. Very cool. Very cool. And so this is going to be at the end of March, 2020, um, that, uh, that comes available. So I, all right. So how can leaders learn more about this and about the discipleship forum um, and those kind of things? Because obviously we want to we want to connect people to some good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you can actually go on the talk about website right now. There's like a, a, a promo video. There's information and you can be put on a waiting list. So as soon as it's released, you'll get emailed about it. So you can go to talkaboutdiscipleship.com. And then for the forum, which I, again, cannot recommend enough you come to that. And by the way, right now there's price breaks for it. So the earlier you sign up, I think right now it's half off the original oh. price if you sign up. So uh, to learn more about the forum, you can go to childdiscipleshipforum.com. And we've got an awesome lineup of speakers. We've got a mix of uh, Kidman pastors, apolog apologists, um, cultural gurus, all these different people, you know, all these different speakers to help us understand two things. Where are we at in the culture and how can we disciple the kids we know and love in this culture? Mm -hmm. And um, man, it was so informative last year. I know I, I learned a lot. I'm looking forward to this one. So um, yeah. yeah, so definitely check out childdiscipleshipforum.com to learn more about that. I'm hoping I can I can get to one myself. I I really like to check it out. I wanted to be there last year, but couldn't make it work. So hopefully this yeah. year I'll, I'll get a chance to to get to one. Um, so, 
Well, Hunter, thanks. Um, if people want to connect up with you or ask more questions or that kind of thing, um, how can people learn more about what you do and how to get in touch with you? Yeah, probably the easiest thing to do is just go to awanatn.com. That's my personal website. So awana, A-W-A-N-A-T-N.com. And uh, yeah, it has my contact info, some things about me and my ministry. So that, that's the easiest way to go. All right. Well, thanks, man. Thanks for taking time. Um, we're going to get you back on the, the podcast, too. Uh, again, we've got another topic we want you to tackle. So um, we'll get you back on real soon uh, for that. But thanks for thanks for making time today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. This was a lot of fun. Cool. Well, hey, guys, that's it for this episode of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. Again, thanks for listening. And again, thanks to our, our sponsor, uh, sundayschool.store. We appreciate their support for this. Again, if there's anything I can ever do for you, if you're getting stuck, you need some coaching or you need some help, uh, you need a play, safe place to talk, reach out, um, message me at tomrestoringleaders.org um, or uh, kmccoach.net. There's plenty of places around uh, that you can find my info or message me through the Kid Ministry Collective. If you're not part of the Kid Ministry Collective, make sure you join our group. We would love to have you be a part of our community um, and engage and, and grow together. So again, thanks for listening and join us for another episode real soon. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. We hope that it's helped and encouraged you. If you would support our podcast by continuing to share it with other leaders. And if you haven't already, hey, please subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast. We look forward to hearing from you how this podcast has helped and sharpened your skills and ministries. So let us know on your Facebook page or head over to kmccoach.net and share with us there. And thanks again for listening to the Kid Ministry Collective Podcast.